You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 344. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey team, I hope you're doing great and I hope you're staying on track for your health because your health is your choice. It is something you have to take action on every single day and that is why I bring this podcast to you to bring you tips and encouragement and inspiration so that you can make your health a priority because there is nothing better than being healthy. Now this week we are going to talk about the benefits of cold therapy, cold immersion for me cold showers. Now, if you missed the episode last week, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. I talked about how my nutrition has changed in perimenopause state or stage, I should say. And the week before that, we talked about what I had to change in general when I got into my 50s, again, with these hormone changes. So I'm starting to gather a very large following, I have noticed, for this age range where we're starting to have these hormonal changes and our body is not the same. It is not reacting to the same things we used to do. It is not reacting positively to maybe even the workouts we used to do. It's not reacting to the methods we used to use for weight loss. When we had to take off five pounds years ago, we knew we could always rely on A, B, and C, but now we do A, B, and C and nothing happens. That's because our body is changing and primarily because of these hormone shifts. So definitely go back, check out these episodes if you miss them, because I really think it's gonna help guide you and sort of tell you what I've been going through, what I have figured out, and now what is working for me. And one of the things that I recently added last year was what I would sort of call cold therapy. Now, we're gonna go through some of these details for sure, but before I get to it, I do wanna just announce that the Lean program, my all new workout program, it is the biggest workout program that I have ever created, which is hard to believe because the Willpower program was huge. (laughs) It was huge, it was great, but because so many people are coming to me in my same situation where they're like, my body is not reacting anymore, well and kindly to the workouts that I used to do, what can I do? I wanna share with you what I have been doing now for the last year and I feel like I finally got it down to a point where I felt good again. I actually lost some of that perrier. I lost all the perimenopause weight that I had put on and I started feeling energized again instead of sort of achy and pain, just not feeling great from my workouts. So that is what the lean program is all about. So all new, designed to help women that are struggling with age, struggling with hormone shifts, and struggling with a body that no longer can do what it once did to stay fit and healthy. Now it has every workout you possibly need for this three week program. And after that, you still get access to all the workouts. So definitely go to earnthatbody.com forward slash lean, L-E-A-N. Get all the details, register now because it starts 
February 19th. This will be a very limited group this first time. I always limit this first group. So if you do want a spot, definitely register now. Also, the first group is the only group that will get a Facebook support group that I will lead. So every day we post on there, it's a place for support in the program to ask questions, a fantastic group of women. So honestly, the first time it launches is always the best one yet. So I don't want you to miss out on that and the price will be going up. So get in on that, earnthatbody.com forward slash lean. Again, it is going to be a way that you can see how I have embraced the changes of aging, which are really tough in many ways, but I have made it into such a wonderful thing. I no longer sort of hate aging. I feel good about it. I'm empowered by it because there is a way to make it better. Okay, now let's talk about the benefits of cold and what I have really been doing because it's one of the things that I added in this last year. So I changed some of my nutrition, we talked about that last week, um, and I've changed a couple other modalities in my life because again, I was looking and searching for anything. Now I happen to be a big fan of the Huberman Lab podcast. So Huberman is awesome, he is a doctor from Stanford. I'm not saying that I believe in everything that he stands for because he definitely, does a lot of supplements and I won't have any part of that. But there are some things that I really enjoy about his podcast. And he has done endless episodes about the science and use of cold exposure for your health and for performance. And I would say performance is something that we generally have heard about cold therapy for the most part, right? So it's for athletes, it's if you don't wanna have too much muscle soreness, it's for inflammation, but really there are these other aspects of cold exposure that are wonderful for the body. It's not for everyone. So before I even get started, and a lot of this information today does come from Huberman and also UCLA, but before I even wanna get started, I think there's a couple things that you should know in terms of safety. The first thing, and Huberman says this all the time, you never want to put yourself in a dangerous situation with cold exposure. So that means please do not get into a dangerous body of water. Please do not get into a body of water in general if you do not have anybody around to help you, especially if that body of water is in an extremely cold temperature, right? Also, and this might go against what you thought happens in cold therapy, because actually it went against what I originally assumed, but you, you really aren't going to be doing a lot of deep breathing or breath work while you're in this cold submersion because you do not wanna do any kind of hyperventilation breathing, that deliberate hyperventilation breathing while you are in cold water or any water for that matter. So don't jump into this, <laughs> no pun intended, don't jump in without really understanding what you need to do and how you're going to do it. Another thing is you wanna start slow. So you'll probably start with warmer water and work your way up to colder water. And also you wanna start 
in a small dosage. So maybe you do it for 30 seconds one day and you build up over time. Just like you build up lifting weights or other forms of exercise, you kind of have to find the right temperature for you and safety has to be the priority. Not to mention if you are older or have any kinds of health issues, I would talk to your doctor and make sure that this is something that would be appropriate for you. So if you have any blood pressure issues, cardiac issues, anything at all that makes you think, hmm, would this be right for me? That in itself, the hmm, that question in your head needs to go to your doctor. So don't just jump right in, again, no pun intended, <laughs> don't jump right in without doing the research that you should always do for yourself. Now, the first question that everybody always asks is, well, how cold are we talking? Now, this again is primarily done as a full body submersion into say a cold, like, like a bathtub situation, right? up to the neck, so body, neck, and down. And it can also be done in group settings. They have, I've been to a place called Breathe Degrees in Southern California. What an amazing place, by the way, if you have a Breathe Degrees. They're only in Southern California right now. But they have a submersion. It looks like a jacuzzi, and there's about 10 people in it, but it is ice cold water. I think their temperature was about 40 degrees. Definitely took my breath away. I'll tell you about that. Um, those are the main kinds of cold suppression or submersion that they're talking about, but it also can be done as a shower, and that's what I do. But anyway, the first question usually is, how cold? It's the most common question that most people have. We all want to know, well, how cold should it be? And they say that this is basically an impossible answer. It's going to be different because some people can tolerate cold better than others. The key is really to aim for a temperature that makes you think, oh my God, this is really cold and I want to get out, but I can safely stay in. So you basically have to submerge to a temperature that makes you very, very uncomfortable. It definitely takes your breath away and you have to breathe and really think hard on how you're gonna get through it. If you can get to that level, then you're probably at a good temperature for the purpose of cold submersion. Now for some people, that temperature might be 60 degrees Fahrenheit. For others, it might be 45 degrees. But here is the key. The colder the stimulus, like water immersion or cold shower, the shorter amount of time you need to expose yourself to the cold. There was a study that showed significant and prolonged increases in dopamine when people were in cool, they said about 60 degree Fahrenheit water, for about an hour up to their neck with their head above the water. And other studies describe significant increases in epinephrine from just 20 seconds in very cold water, 40 degree temperature. 
So the good news is that as you deliberate cold exposure more often, you will be more comfortable in the cold at all times and can start to use colder temperatures with a little more confidence, just like you do when you exercise but you don't have to stay in it and you should not stay in it for that one hour. So that was a study they did, all right? But you should not be in the water for that long, definitely. It should be cold enough that you're gonna not be able to stay in it for an hour because that is a little bit dangerous, I would say. Again, it depends what cold is for you, but we'll talk about how long you should stay in it as well. The overall theme here though is when you get into that cold, whether it be ice cold bath or ice cold shower, does it take your breath away and does it make you uncomfortable to the point where you definitely want to get out? That's where you wanna be, okay? Now, ice bath, cold shower, cryo. Have you heard of cryo as well? I used to talk about that, I've done it in the past. Most of the studies that have been done on this topic, they use ice baths or cold water immersions up to the neck, as I said. Those are definitely best, but they do say that the cold showers can work as well. And that is what's most accessible to people. So pretty much everybody has access to a shower. Cryo, if you've seen those places, I don't see them as much anymore, I'll be honest, because I think they're all turning into these cold water submersion places, but cryo can be very expensive. It's very hard to access, and it's not subject to much variation in protocol. So they're not talking about it a lot today when you hear about this type of cold immersion therapy. So ice bath, cold shower, are great ways to go if you're looking to try something like this. Now, why would you do it? Well, it definitely increases your energy. It also increases your focus. So they say that deliberate cold exposure, it will cause a release of epinephrine. And so that's your adrenaline. And it will cause a release of norepinephrine in the brain and in your body. And these are neurochemicals that make us feel alert, right? <laughs> You're gonna get in that water, let me tell you. You are gonna feel alert. And it can also make us feel agitated as if we need to move or vocalize something during the cold exposure. Cold causes these levels to stay elevated for some time afterwards, and their ongoing effect after the exposure is to increase your level of energy and focus, which then can be applied to other mental and physical activities. So if you're looking to increase your energy and your focus, this might be a great thing for you. Now, I don't know about you, but again, as I hit that 50-year-old mark, I was just feeling more sluggish and I was feeling less focused. So that was definitely something that I was really interested in when I read that about cold therapy. How about building resilience and grit? That is something we don't talk about very often. But by forcing yourself to embrace the stress of cold exposure, as a meaningful self-directed challenge, which basically is a stressor that you're putting on your body, when you do this, you exert something that they call a top-down control over deeper brain centers that regulate your reflexive states. 
So this top-down control process involves your prefrontal cortex, which is an area in your brain involved in planning and suppressing impulsivity. And that top-down control is actually the basis of what people refer to when they talk about resilience and grit. So what's important is it is a skill that carries over to situations outside of this deliberate cold submersion. And what that means is it's going to sort of help you cope better and maintain a calm, clear mind when you might be confronted with real life stressors, real world situations. Basically, deliberate cold exposure is great training for your mind. If you do get into some type of cold bath immersion, especially like I said, you go to a place like I went to called Breathe Degrees where the water is 40 degrees. It might have been a tad under that day, but I believe it was 40. That is the coldest water I have ever been in. I have never even been able to get an ice bath that cold at home. Let me tell you something. It is incredible training for your mind because you are put in a stressful situation. Your heart is beating, you want to get out, and all you can do is now focus on your mind and how you are going to get through those three minutes. That's what I was in the cold water for at this place. Three minutes. Incredible way to build resilience and grit. Again, something we don't really work on very often. Now, another thing that the cold submersion can do, and this is not true of every stressor that comes your way, but cold exposure causes the prolonged release of dopamine. And as you know, dopamine is, it's that powerful molecule. It elevates mood, it enhances focus, attention, goal-directed behavior. Dopamine is great for all of those things. Even short bouts of cold exposure, just short bouts, can cause a lasting increase in dopamine and sustained elevation of your mood, your energy, and your focus. Who does not need a little dose of that? Now, the next one, I'm not going to say too much about because this is not why you should do it. And if this is why you're going to do it, you're wasting your time. But people do talk about cold submersion and your metabolism. So if you're reading that, oh, you're going to burn more calories with cold immersion and you're going to lose weight, no, you should not do it for that reason. Now, what they do say is that in short term, cold exposure increases metabolism as the body does have to burn calories to increase that core body temperature. And the total calories burned from cold exposure is, guess what, not that significant. All right, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. It is not a weight loss program. <laughs> so if that's why you're doing it, it's not gonna work. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. There's that sort of short burst of burn of calories, but it is nothing that is going to really have some kind of overall benefit on your body's weight, your weight loss on the scale, okay? Now, how long? 
how long should you sit in that delightful cold water? <laughs> Consider doing deliberate cold exposure, according to Huberman and the research that Huberman has done. They say 11 minutes per week total. That is not 11 minutes per session. It's more like two to four sessions a week that are one to five minutes long. That's what it is. It is not 11 minutes. It is not one hour. It is 11 minutes per week, and you should break that up into at least two to four sessions. Personally, I'm more like four to five sessions to get to that 11 minutes. And again, the water temperature, it, you want it to be uncomfortably cold, but you want it to be safe. Safe to stay in for that few minute period. You can do more, but this should be the minimum to achieve the benefits of cold exposure. And I am not a fan of doing more because more is not usually better. So if the research has shown that 11 minutes per week is getting the awesome change in your body, then why push yourself and do more? This is a stressor that you're adding to your body. Very rarely do I tell you to add stress to your body, but in this situation, it is something, like I said, if you did it for two minutes, four days, five days a week, and you can hit that 11 minutes, there are going to be these other benefits that your body can have. But more than that, it becomes too much. Let's not be that person who thinks that more is always better. Do what it says and then move on with your day, all right? Make sure that water is uncomfortably cold, but not unsafely cold. I mean, honestly, your shower temperature is only gonna get so cold and that might be a little bit weather dependent. Like in the summertime when it's really hot out, I find that the cold temp in my shower is not as cold as it is right now, which happens to be January. I live in Pennsylvania, there is snow outside, and my cold immersion situation is pretty tough right now. But that's the point, takes my breath away. But it's probably not what I would ever call unsafely cold, and in a shower, it's just not as intense. It optimally is best to be literally from the neck down submerged in that cold water. So I'm not too worried about safety when it comes to the temperature of your shower. Now you might be thinking, okay, if you're gonna try this, how do you get through it? Like if it's that intensely cold, what do you do? I'm gonna tell you right now, when I went to this place called Breathe Degrees, and I'm not getting any payment here. I'm not pushing this place either. They're not a franchise yet. They should be a franchise. But basically, when you go there, first they have this incredible breathing session, and then you go into the cold submersion. And my sister's very into this. So she's guiding me, and she brings me and my husband and my son. We all did it. And she says, we're going to get in now to this cold plunge Looks like a jacuzzi, but it's all ice cold water, about 40 degrees. We're gonna get in, it's gonna be really intense, she says. Now I've done a cold submersion before in like a small tub and I've done cryogenic. So, I mean, I knew what was coming, it's very intense, but it is really hard to get through 
for three minutes, which is what they do in that particular place. So I got in and you get in and you have to go quick. Like this is not something you can tippy toe one step at a time. I got in all the way to my waist, which was super hard. And then they want you to sit so you can submerge up to, you know, over your shoulders. And there was a guide there, an instructor helping. So he kind of like helps you sit down because once you get in and you get in fairly quickly, it will take your breath away. So you go into this hyperventilation, at least I did, and you're kind of like, (laughs) and you just, you can't catch your breath for a second. And so what do you have to do? You have to calm yourself down. So you have this incredible stressor on your body and you need to take action and take control of your body. So everybody is going to do that in a different way. I had to find myself mentally in a place where I tell myself I am safe and I need to relax. And so the instructor sort of put his hands on my shoulders, which they were up to my ears. That helped me drop my shoulders down. That helped me sit down. And now, of course, all I'm thinking is about the timer, like how much time is left, how much time is left. But I don't see a timer anywhere. So the instructor's timing it for us. So I literally just had to tell myself, you can do this. You need to relax and giving myself this like positive affirmation and trying to focus on slowing my hyperventilation breath down. Now, the Huberman lab, according to the podcast and according to to Huberman, he calls it counting walls approach. This is what he recommends you do during your cold exposure because you are going to find that you're mind is pushing back against you. Your mind is saying, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Get me out of here. That is a mental barrier. And he calls that your wall. Those walls are in fact, the effects of adrenaline pulses in your brain and in your body. And in this case is what triggers the eventual adaptive response. Now let's face it. If this were easy, there would be no stimulus for your body to change and adapt with, right? So by maintaining the top-down control of your reflexive urge, which is to exit this cold environment as quickly as possible, you will have successfully traversed that particular wall. So Huberman recommends challenging yourself in these cold submersion situations, in cold exposure, challenge yourself by counting walls and setting a goal of walls to traverse. So maybe three to five walls during the round of cold exposure. You can also go for time, which is what I was initially doing, thinking that I could look at a clock, but there was not one because I'm definitely a very time goal oriented person. I can count to a thousand on a bike if I have to, (laughs) to get through whatever. So you can count walls, meaning every time your mind is like, I can't, I can't. Okay, that's one wall. That's two walls. Like how many walls can you get past without jumping out of that water? Now, over time, you're going to have less walls that you have to count because you are going to get past and you are going to learn how to acclimate to the situation. The situation is very high stress. So you can see how eventually this might help you in a very stressful situation that has nothing to do with cold immersion, right? If you can get through three minutes submerged 
from your shoulders or neck down in 40 degree temperature water, you can probably get through a stressful fight with your partner, a stressful situation at work, because you start to learn, oh, I'm stressing out right now, I'm gonna breathe. I'm gonna handle it in whatever way I can, and I know that I can do pretty much anything if I can sit in ice cold water for three minutes. So Huberman calls it counting walls. I sometimes like to use time. I like to also count my breath and see how calm I can get it and how quickly can I get my breath to slow down. Now, there's also something called the Soberg Principle, and that is based on deliberate cold researcher, Dr. Susanna Soberg, and it is to enhance the metabolic effects of cold, you force your body to reheat on its own. This is the Soberg Principle. Again, to enhance the metabolic effects of cold, force your body to reheat on its own, or basically end with cold. This is not what you're going to want to do, but this is the shivering Soberg principle. So allowing your body to shiver, they say that it might enhance the metabolic increase from cold. Shivering causes the release of succinate from the muscles and further activates brown fat thermogenesis. Try this protocol to increase shivering either during or immediately after cold exposure. This is what they say you should try. Are you ready? Don't huddle or cross your arms while in the cold or after getting out. Also, and this is so hard, don't towel off. You wanna let your body reheat and dry off naturally. This, you guys, is so tough. Unless doing deliberate cold exposure on a hot, sunny day, they say, it's definitely preferable to take a hot shower and towel dry after cold exposure. So that's what most people do. They take a hot shower, then they turn on the cold, then they get out and they towel dry, right? But that is limiting the metabolic effect. So if you're looking to maximize this experience and all that you get out of it, you want to follow the shivering Soberg principle, which basically means you are going to let the body reheat on its own. So it's almost like you have two things you need to hurdle over. You've got to get through the cold immersion, and then you have to get through the shivering to reheat the body afterwards. It isn't easy. Again, if it were easy, we wouldn't actually be changing anything in our body. Now, some people are gonna say, day or night? Should you do this cold exposure during the day? Should you do it during the night, or I should say at night, before bed, when you wake up? Ha, well, after cold exposure, guess what happens? Your body actually heats up a fair amount. And so that's something you wanna take into account because body temperature increases tend to wake you up, whereas body temperature decreases tend to make us more sleepy. That means you don't really want this increase in temperature for that body temp right before you go to bed because it sort of wakes you up. So it isn't really recommended that you do this right before bed or in that later part of 
the evening, I would say. One last thing that I want to add, they talk about increasing the resilience enhancing effects of cold exposure. So say you can't get your water super, super cold. There is one thing they say you can kind of do to get a more intense feeling of the cold. So when you stay completely still in cold water, basically a thermal layer surrounds your body and it sort of insulates you a little bit from the cold. Trust me, it's no blanket by any means, but there is a little bit of insulation. Now to be most effective, your if you move your limbs while keeping your hands and feet in the water, that's gonna break up this thermal layer and you're gonna experience the water as feeling a little bit colder than if you had just stood still. So it is a good way to increase the potency, you can say, of a cold stimulus without having to make the water colder. I will say when I sit down in that cold submersion water all the way neck down, I try not to move at all, but as they're saying, if you do move, it's going to be even colder, which is why I don't want to move at all. I mean, honestly, your brain is like maxed out and you can't even think about what you're doing, but good to know. So in the shower, I do actually move my body a little bit, trying to get as much of that cold exposure uh, impact as possible. So I have to say, I feel amazing whenever I do these things. And that's why it is something that I have added to my day, especially since turning in my 50, when I turned 50 and now I'm 51, and I started having all these body changes and hormone changes, and I felt like my body just really needed more benefits in any way I could possibly get them. Now, according to UCLA, there's actually even more benefits, and they're specifically talking about cold showers. So one of the things they talk about that is a benefit to taking a cold shower is that it bolsters your immunity to common colds. And I thought, well, of course, I definitely want that too. They recommend going from a hot to cold shower, and they say even just for a couple minutes, it might protect you from circulating viruses because the shock of cold water can stimulate the blood cells that fight off infection. And one study was done in the Netherlands that found that people who switched to cold showers for 30, 60, 90 seconds, uh, for 90 days, they called out sick from work 29% less than people who did not switch to cold showers. So it might actually benefit your immunity. Another thing they talked about is that it can combat symptoms of depression. Now, there was limited research available about the effects of cold water therapy on depression, but the research that exists shows that some positive results did happen. In this one clinical study, participants who took daily cold showers for several months reported decreased depression symptoms, Definitely additional research suggests, um, de definitely additional research does need to be done. However, it is apparent that this cold sub, um, exposure from the shower is boosting your mood and decreasing anxiety. Another great thing that these cold showers are doing is they're improving circulation in the body. As we talked about, 
there is a small increase in metabolism, but I always go over that one really fast. I don't even want to get into the details because it's so minimal. And I hate for people to tell me that they're doing this to lose weight because it's, it's not that kind of increase in metabolism. And then of course it is reducing inflammation and preventing muscle soreness. So a lot of people and athletes, they have used cold baths forever. I'm sure you've heard of that. I mean, that's been going on for the longest time. So those cold temperatures right after you work out can make your blood vessels tighten up. And when that happens, blood moves to your body's core and vital organs. The blood naturally becomes oxygen and nutrient rich during that process. So then as your body heats up, the blood vessels expand, they vasodilate, and that brings oxygenated blood back to your tissues. And as it flows back, it sort of helps to flush out inflammation. Um, and so that can help with delayed onset muscle soreness. So reducing that inflammation and preventing muscle soreness can be another great reason to take a cold shower. Now, one thing I think is important when we're talking about any kind of cold immersion, cold exposure for the sake of an athlete, for the sake of muscle soreness, just not even an athlete, but just if you're someone who works out a lot and you get sore a lot, I would not depend on a cold shower because there's a certain amount of normal inflammation that is going to happen when you created that stress of lifting weights or working out and a certain amount of it is normal and your body needs to go through that. So I wouldn't like take an ice bath every single time I worked out super hard with the thought that I'm going to have less muscle soreness. There's also some detail about you wouldn't actually, as an athlete, want to do an ice bath. I think it's for like six or eight hours after a workout so that you don't undo some of the good changes that are being made by your body. That's a natural process through the inflammation and sort of regeneration as those tissues get a little bit damaged from the workout. So I don't like to think of cold submersion as a way to, to, you know, treat yourself after a hard workout. That's, that's not really why you should do it. And you should be a little cautious on that front and not do it all the time. But if you're looking to do sort of that cold shower, 11 minutes a week, I think it can be fantastic for you. Not necessarily directly after that workout all the time, because again, there's a certain amount of inflammation that's normal that needs to happen that your body needs to handle on its own. And if you're getting so, so sore from a workout, you potentially are doing a little too much. You might are pushing yourself a little too far if you're always needing assistance in that recovery. Your body should be able to recover from a workout all by itself. Now that's really everything about cold exposure and I just love it. I love the way I feel. Again, I don't do it every day. I try to do it for 11 minutes in a week and I do cold shower. That's the only option I have. Uh, my sister currently uses her pool in the winter time. A lot of people, if you have a pool out there, that pool is super, super cold. And so you can get in that Again, just be cautious, just be safe. Don't do it alone. Someone should always be around with you. God forbid anything happen. But I have found great, great results in my body 
from adding cold exposure. So I highly recommend it. Definitely listen to Huberman if you're into learning a lot more about the details. I mean, Huberman has like three hour podcasts. He has done several on cold immersion, on heat exposure, all these different things. It's always so important to do your own research. And if you like to sort of geek out on it, then definitely check out the Huberman podcast. Um, but again, that's something that I have added in my 50s that has been a great compliment to my overall health. That's it for today. Go to earnthatbody.com forward slash lean. Let's make sure you get registered so that you can start working out for your body's true potential. If again, you are someone who is aging like me and you want to make sure that those workouts are maximizing your best health. All right, everyone, the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.